0: All right, good morning, afternoon. Eleven, twelve, 12, 1, 2. Afternoon. I was doing the time for the time zone, so I say the right message. Uh, good morning, good afternoon for those. Uh, my name is Eric Castillo, host of the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. Uh, today I got a pretty, pretty cool guy. Uh, his name's Dominic Brown. He likes to go by Dom. He's he's a army veteran, combat veteran, he's done amazing stuff in his career, runs an awesome nonprofit right now. And I, I really like how uh what he does with it. And also want to say thanks to Matthew uh, Pennington for setting this up and talking with him. Uh, we we were talking here about what, 15 minutes before the show to kind of just throwing some stuff around, getting to know each other and is uh, pretty good. I really, really am looking forward to speaking with you and having veterans see uh, another resource that they have, because this is what this is about is seeing that transitions can, are not always easy and um, that there's resources out there for help. Because there's always someone that knows someone that knows someone that'll get you help. You know, it's all on who you know. Just like when you were in the military, networking. You know a guy in a different unit who knows an officer to get something. Or you know someone in a different unit who knows someone and to get you that thing that you need. And this is what this uh, podcast is about. So I'm going to go ahead and let Dom introduce himself and give a little bit of background about himself. And we'll go ahead and dive into it. Go ahead,
1: The floor is yours, bud. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? Thank you a lot. Thanks a lot. So, um, as he said, I'm Don Brown, Uh, joined the Army in 1994, uh, did 16 years, 11 Bravo, 88 Mike, 92 Alpha, 95B, so that's basically infantry, driver, uh, logistics, and military police. So, um, I joined when I was 17, and uh, been deployed all over the United States, all over the world, Um, three combat missions, And about five to seven, I would say, humanitarian missions and deployment and training um, all throughout my career. And, uh, yes, I do uh, run a nonprofit called Freedom Team, Inc. Um, What we do is we basically we teach veterans on how to transition positively from military life to civilian life. Um, And that aspect, what we do is we have um, it's called Freedom. It's called Freedom Farm Team. That's one of our programs. So what we do is we help the veteran get a planter box. And no matter where you live at, the city, the country, the rural area, it'll make a difference. Anyone can get a planter box. So we we teach veterans on how to basically plant some fruits, plant some vegetables, you know, kind of like get outside of their head, so to speak. Um, And with that, you know what? They can actually transition a little bit smoother. So like me, for instance, I isolated when I got back. It was just something I did. Um, but just some of it's easier just planting, You got to, you have to water it. You have to nurture it. You have to, you know, you have to do everything to get it prepared. And, um, and that's wonderful. So we kind of mix that in with the civilian life and we have some, you know, some, some people that own farms, some people that do, you know, larger planter boxes and they come out and we, we teach and it's wonderful. So, um, it's wonderful doing that. And we also have a program called feast friends, eating and sharing together. Which is basically we do once a year, and we have it's open to everybody, to the public. <clears throat> so the public comes out, and we get a lot of stuff donated to us, and um, it's just a big dinner. It starts usually at five in the afternoon. It's not over till about nine p.m., and it's veterans and just civilians coming in, and they're talking to veterans and eating at the same time, like hey, you know, how was this? How was it? And and it's educating the public as well as educating the veteran, because as us as combat veterans, we know one thing: the military. No matter if you was in the army, navy, marines, air force, you know the military. But then when we go out into the civilian world, and it, for me, I, I thought they knew, but a lot of people don't know until you tell them. So you may get the the um the jerk response. Well, we'll just get over it, or oh, I don't understand, and they walk off because they really do not sincerely understand. But once you teach them and educate them, these I'm um, everyone is so sincere and everyone is so loving, and that's meaningful for a veteran like myself and others, and instead of just getting a parade, because anyone can do a parade, but when you sincerely have someone say, hey, thank you for your service. And and when someone said that to me, I didn't know what to say back. I'm like, okay, you're welcome. But now, (laughs) yeah, so now now that you have that understanding, it's like, okay, you know what? Thank you for your support. Because it was you that donated to the VFW, the American Legion, the AMVETS, to VA centers, to anything that I'm getting tributes from. You know, and it's and it's it's just an understanding. It goes both ways, like a relationship. It's it's two ways. It's a receiver and a person that's that's receiving. So you know, it's just wonderful. So,
0: and I think a good thing we talked about earlier too. If you want to share the story about that uh, the PTSD breakdown, I think that was to think that was like legit. That was perfect because even me, I was like, damn, that's the that's like a like being hit me in the head. Like, geez, like perfect. So if you want to share that story. That's actually yes. a really good one. So that way, for people who think they know, or have an idea, or maybe they they don't know but are too afraid to go like this thing they don't know, I think that'd be good to put that out there to to share that story because I think that really puts to perspective, not even just PTSD as a, as just for veterans, just as a whole in general what it is. So if you want to share right. it, uh, please.
1: Sure, will do. So um, I I was actually um, I was at this feast and um. A person came up to me and he was like, Well, wh- what is your ailment? I said, I have combat PTSD and TBI. So he said, Well, just get over it. So I said, okay, I said, Okay. And I, it, it took me back a little bit and I got a little trigger. And I said, Okay, sir. So I'm going to tell you what my doctor told me. I said, The world isn't ready for everyone to have PTSD. And, and, you know, he was like, What do you mean? I said, Would you tell a rape victim to get over being raped? So he was like, No, it's not the same. I said, But it's the same. I said, So if you're driving down, you're driving in your car and a bird comes in front of your, your windshield and you swerve, you stop, and you're like, Okay. Wow, what was that? I said, the next time you drive at that same location, what do you do? He was like, well, i slow up and i look for that bird. I said, that's PTSD. I said, it may not be combat PTSD, but now you have a driver's PTSD. I said, so it's all the same. And then he was like, you know what? I never thought about it like that. And it's true for for anything, like TBIs. Now, we can always, we can say, we can argue back and forth and say, you know what? The military didn't know about TBIs. But think about in the 80s and the 90s, when you had the crash test dummy with the commercial, if you don't wear a seatbelt, yeah. that's a TBI, you get hit in the head in the front and in the back, cause your brain moves inside those two points of contact. And until people actually realize, it was like, oh yeah, that's right. And it's like, okay, and it's like, you remember those commercials and you remember everything, you're like, oh man, that's what it is. And you, all you do is just relate it to something that they they seen before. And that's, that's basically what it is, Yeah, you know? And it's, and it's new to the military because we never had to deal with it before. You know, because of course each war is different, but it's the same. So, let's just say Vietnam. They may not yeah. have the convoys like we did going through MS, you know, MS uh, Tampa, you know, in Iraq or in Afghanistan. It had IEDs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was new to the military because we haven't done it before. But it wasn't new to the public because we had commercials on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. Um, and like that whole. And they, yeah, comparing those two eras, they're different. Like that's like up close and personal. Like you, you're getting booby trapped. You're getting a limb lost, like a you know the thin wires and stuff. And that's uh that's something. And then of course for driving, yeah, it's a bigger threat. So it's like I, I seldomly like to even compare them because they're they're, they're two different eras, you right. know. And it, you can't say one was worse or one was not because even even with like World War One, World War Two, still uh, different eras. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like all that fighting style is different. Like, do I think it was uh, a little more intense than the ones that we went through? Like OEF and OIF? Yeah, I think so. I mean, other people had different experiences. Yeah, sure. But like World War One and World War II, they didn't have the equipment that we had. They didn't yeah. have the cold weather gear, the wet weather gear. So when I say intense, they think of the fighting. I'm not talking about the fighting. I'm talking about the equipment. They didn't have right. NVGs in World War One and World War Two. They didn't have that stuff. They didn't have thermals. And if they did it was just some big old contraption that probably took forever in a day to warm up and you get five minutes to look through and then that's it, you know? So it's like, I don't like to compare those like that. It's just like, oh, they all, they, they did the best they could in those times. And, you know, it's just, it's an adapting and it's just constantly evolving. And it's like you said, it's new. So Mm -hmm. like whatever the next one's going to be, we haven't done it. It's going to be new. Yep. Um. So I seen that I was, when I was reading your bio, I know you went to Iraq three different times. Uh it was pretty interesting because I was in Iraq in oh five and oh mm-hmm. six. Well tail end 04 and I was at uh Balad, LSA Anaconda, oh, okay. and a Okay. I did I did convoy escorts there for a whole year as an artilleryman, go figure. Um <laughs> So and I know I know Iraq was a was a piece of work there. That was uh that was that was definitely something. That was taking a, a battery of artillery to go drive trucks and we, we, we did it well. I mean, we had long convoys, 30, 40, 50 vehicle convoys, and it's like trying to just keep that, and if it get broken up, and there's only, what, four gun trucks? Yep. Maybe five. Maybe five if you're you lucky. Know,
1: if,
0: <laughs> if you're lucky. And even at that point, like, we got the armored support vehicles later, so we had regular Humvees first, so it's like you don't really see the threats. You don't really even know. You kind of – you're like rolling the dice every time. I was hit by an IED in Iraq, and mm-hmm. that messed up my back pretty, pretty bad. Uh, along with uh, the two other guys that were luckily at that time we had luckily i felt fortunate because we had just got the armored support vehicles they were the v-hole military police vehicles that have the v-shape with the big four wheels and yep. they had a uh, level three armor on them they had just put those on and they gave it to us and then boom i felt like the test dummy in that damn thing <laughs> like because I got hit in it but i'll tell you what we drove back with three flat tires yeah. After everyone kinda woke up from like being startled and unconscious and things like that, everyone kind of came to and was like, Oh, you okay? It's like, Yeah, my back was hurting. I was in mm-hmm. like the automatic turret, there was oil spitting all over the place, you know. It was it was crazy. Um oh, yeah. but for you, uh any what, what happened? Anything happened during your combat things that went on? Yeah. There's three of them. So I mean, <clears throat> and during that time I know I know there was some some things going on yes. over there because I, I was part of it, so <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the first, the first tour was from 03 to 05. And even in those two years, it changed. Because the first the first the time we went over there, of course, you know, we went from Kuwait to Iraq. And, of course, they had people lined up, arm and shoulder, so you wouldn't cross the border. And, of course, as anyone knows, you know, hey, you had to keep going. Because when we slowed up, guess what? They started taking stuff off the vehicles. And we didn't have any up armored vehicles. We had the, the plastic doors, you know, <laughs> And it was like, what do you do? This so is a cloth door. You take a knife and, and you go, <laughs> Right. Yeah, it was just, it was like, this is be war. You, you got us, to I took these talking toys, you know? <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, it was only what the units had, you know? So we got there, did what we had to do. And of course, once we got in theater, we put sandbags on the floorboard. So if there was any blast that comes up, hey, at least it'll stop a little something. And then we put you know, the, um, the old flag jackets over the doors as we wear our, um, our regular body armor. And it was weird because when we used to drive um, for QRF, I used to be QRF. So I used to be in the turret of a Humvee. And this was in the beginning when they used to put the cable underneath the bridges. So they did the cables and the RPGs. This is before the IEDs. So the A driver had actually cut the, um, the strap that I was sitting in because he saw the cable. So of course, you know, my back back of my helmet hit the end of the turret going down and I hurt my lower back or whatever. And of course, I didn't know anything because I'm looking and you have the shield up there mm-hmm. so you really couldn't see the cable. And yeah. when he did that, you talking about someone getting a head rocked. Oh, I got my head rocked, but I'm living here now today. But then as it went on to oh four to oh five, then they got the IEDs. they got smarter. You know, and it was just it was just weird because each time we did a convoy, we did convoy security. Each time you can do a briefing all day long, and it's nothing compared to when you get in real life, and and you know that. And yeah, you can rock
0: drill all day long. You can right. practice, and then then there, it's going to be that one scenario you don't cover, or yep. that thing that's not even in the book, and then you, then you're literally figuring it out on the fly. Now yes. you you have to make the best decision for your soldiers and yourself to not die
1: basically yes. <laughs> and you took a scary moment It's just what do you do you know and 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 if, like you said you know you're lucky if you got a five a five convoy vehicle with that had support most of ours were four vehicles cuz we were spread so thin mm-hmm. you know yes we're massive army but each one of us had specific roles so you know you know how it goes you yeah. know it's just you know like a um i remember our sergeant major he used to be a rope you um sergeant and um, we used to complain a whole lot. You know, we was, I was with um, 82nd Airborne out of, um, out of Fort Bragg on 89 CSB. And uh, he got tired of us complaining because I was just need E5. And he said, let me tell you guys a story. He said, let me tell you something about a rope you." He said, a rope you, we have a system that siphons everything through. He said, so, he said, the colonel said something to me. And I said, colonel, that's BS. He said, I go to the first sergeant. The first sergeant said, that's BS. We don't have the manpower. The first sergeant goes to the platoon leader, platoon leader goes to squad leader. He said, by the time it gets to you, the squad leader and the soldier, all I want you to do is say, we'll make it happen. He said, because it's all been siphoned from the top all the way to the bottom. And when he said that, it was a motivational speech. When he said that, it put a lot of things in perspective. Because, you know, our our sergeant majors, our first sergeants, you know, they do see it from a lower uh, standard, but they're still getting their higher ups. And like he said, look, I'm tired of complaining. All I want to hear is who. And trust me, after that, that's all he heard was who. But, mm-hmm. as you know, who can be yes or who can be like, you know, yeah. that,
0: <laughs> so. that that can be sarcastic. It can yes. be polite. Like you can just change the tone and you can be like, were you were you
1: just sarcastic with me right now? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, For real, but, uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was good times. And, and, you know, when people always ask me, they say, well, would you do it all over again, knowing the ailments that you had and the things you went through? I said, yeah, I would. Yep. You know, I wouldn't change a thing because soon you change one thing, everything changes. You know, it yeah. made me into the person I am. Yes, I, I did I did have, you know, I went through a divorce, yes. I do have separation anxiety. I do have the TBI. I do have PTSD. I do have survivor's guilt. I did commit, try to commit suicide, but I wouldn't change it because it made me into the person I am now. Now I can Uh help out fellow veterans. I can help out civilians because now I know, but is, is it a hard road? Oh yeah. It's a hard road. It's rough. But, Uh um, I like to say it's always too easy because it is that easy. You just have to have the, the perseverance and the drive to say, you know what? Once I change myself, I can put all this knowledge into other people and they can make the proper changes. And it's up to them, just like it was up to me. And I, like I tell my children, I'm not in competition with no one but myself, because no one knows yeah. my my worth except for me, you that's know? the same thing my say. fiance says yeah, there you go. She,
0: she competes with herself, and I learned that from her. I did it my whole life. I just didn't know it until she said it, and it's funny that now you're saying it because it's true, you know like yeah. you you you're only competing with yourself, everyone else are just adversaries and opponents, but you're competing with yourself. that's you true. Know?
1: And I and I tell my son all the time, because he's in tenth grade. And I tell him, I said, I said, your your best friend, you can care less what his grades are. I said, you're competing with you. I said, you don't worry about you're not worried about his grades, he ain't worried about your grades. I said, as long as you do what you're supposed to do, I said everything else will fall into place. You know, then that's when he's like, Oh, okay, because you, you know, fifteen and sixteen year olds think they know it all. So, you know, it's like then he's like, yes. Okay, I understand, I understand. I'm like, just worry about you. Everything else will fall into place.
0: Yeah. It will. And, and and I think once once as a veteran, I think once you realize that when you take ownership for yourself and you start owning your mistakes, like yes. it, it, it was a hard pill for me to swallow with my mistakes. And, and, it's, and it's not like that I was trying to run from them. I just, I just didn't want to face them. Right. And I thought that if I didn't have to deal with them, they would go away. But we all know that if you don't solve a problem, the problem is still there. And yeah. for people who don't understand what that means, write a math problem on a piece of paper and then walk away. Put it in a place where it's always in a visible place. But when you come back, that problem's still gonna be there until you solve it. Yep. Three times two is gonna sit there as three times two <laughs> until you put the damn six on there. You know. So
1: very. That's so very true.
0: So it's like, and and it took me a long time and a lot of trick and trials and and hard pit, hardships to understand that. But then that's that's why, like how you said, I wouldn't change nothing either because this is why where I'm at, where I'm at right now was because mm-hmm. all of that stuff, and going through all that hell and everything else, both personal and professional, yeah uh, it, you learn about who you are and like i even i even did a i even posted something on social media a couple of days ago It's like it had something to do with about uh you know you go through hardships and you when you go through hardships, you go from ordinary, and then when you persevere through that hardship, you just became extraordinary because yeah. now you pushed over and exceeded and climbed a hurdle over a hardship that you probably self-doubted that you didn't think you would do. And the fact that the moment you got over it, you just became extraordinary in that. And now you just learned something new about yourself Mm -hmm. that you didn't know before. So um, now I know you had some deployments, which is good and you had your whole slew of MOSs going on over there. I can't even (laughs) only imagine what your ERB looked like with MOSs on there (laughs) um so uh how was the transition for you i know for me like i had told you and people know on here mine was not easy mine was very hard and that was one of the main reasons why this podcast was born was because i had a very hard transition like how i was telling dom here off 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 camera that uh the army tried to give me two weeks to clear what was the army i can't let me let me rephrase that wasn't the army army gives you an ample amount of time It's the unit that wants to make it difficult. The unit tried to give me two weeks to clear Mm -hmm. the Army, which was wrong on so many levels. On top of a relationship or marriage I was in that was just shambles and done. So, Mm -hmm. like, it made it very hard. And then even the transition was very difficult. So, for you, how was your transition?
1: Uh, So, my transition was very difficult. So, um, what comes to mind was when I first got back uh, from my first deployment on 05, um, I had I had road rage. I had just had rage and didn't know why. So I'm, and I left off post at the time. So I'm going from my home to the post and this lady just randomly cut me off. Now, granted, I'm driving an F350 diesel truck and this was an 05. <laughs> so this is before they had the little sound barrier in the engine compartment. So it sounded like a Humvee and that's why I bought it. It was loud. It was a, <laughs> you know, a diesel truck. So I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> she cut me off and I drove 10 miles out the way just to cut her off. So, as I did that, you know, I, I felt I was shaking in, the, in my truck when I did it because I felt bad. I'm like, what the hell did I just do? So, I called 911 and, you know, they was like, what happened? I said, let's cut this lady off the road. I feel bad, you know, da 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 da. So, police came out and this was in the state of Maryland. <clears throat> so, the police came out and just so happened the officer that came out was um, a reservist that was an E7. So mm. he was like, he said, where are you going? So I said, you know, I'm going to the base. I got to, you know, get to my unit, whatever, get the formation. He was like, he said, you know what? I'll call your first sergeant. What I need you to do is get back in your truck and we'll have another police car. And you're going to follow me to Walter Reed. And this is 05 before Walter Reed changed, you know, to Bethesda and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay. And I'm not thinking and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not getting arrested. So that's a good thing. You know, so he drives me in there and he says, look, he said, I'm, I'm an E7. He says, you need to get some help. So I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He goes, no. He says, trust me, you need some help. He says, you got some issues. You're you're not going to get arrested. There's no report to file, but just go in there and get some help. So I go in there and, um, I stayed six months in and the Sergeant Major came down and talked to me and everything. He says, he says, uh, Sergeant Brown, don't worry about it. As far as you know, you're on a training mission. So I'm nice. like, okay, you know, I'm like, all right. All right. First sergeant, you know, all right. All right. Top. So, um, I did that for six months, came back, no one knew. And they still didn't have a name for PTSD. They just put me on a bunch of meds, sent me off. So when I got back to the unit, they said, we want you to go to Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, what's in Chambersburg? He says, you're going to letter Depot," and And I'm like, all right. So I, you know, I looked it up on Google. It wasn't there. I'm like, well, you know, first sergeant is, is not, he says, hey, it's there. He said, you need to make <laughs> a phone call. So the reason it wasn't listed on Google because it's a munition center. So, of course, that's not really available on Google. So yeah. find out what it was to <laughs> get out there. And he says, Since you can't, since you don't know the quality of life on the civilian world here in the city, we're gonna sing the Chambersburg. So of course, Chambersburg in 05, as I call it a Cheers town, because everybody knows everybody. You know, and um, it's a it's a town that they love veterans. It, it, it's a veteran-friendly town, it really is. And um, the sergeant major out there welcoming, the unit welcoming. And it was wonderful. So he just said, Hey, this is gonna be your transition point. You have to make the best of it. And um, I ended up staying up at Carlisle Barracks, that's the war college. But they had a a, a section just for NCOs. We used to call it NCO Island because it was like 30 houses in a in a cul-de-sac, basically. So <laughs> um, but all the officers and the lieutenant colonels and the colonels lived, you know, in regular in other houses. But um, we had our own little section, and um that's when I got my help, but then life went on. And of course I couldn't sleep in the bed correctly. So it took me six months to actually sleep in the bed with my wife and I didn't want to hold my children. It was just scary, you know? So 06 come around. And I had my first attempt of suicide. I just couldn't do it. It was, I was getting, I was a year into the unit, getting into the swing of things doing my army thing. Boom. Everything was great. So the Sergeant man says, you know what, Sergeant Brown, we want to, we want you to um, be soldier of the year. Here's your pamphlet to study. Then you'd be in front of the board of other sergeant majors, da-da-da-da. And then I just had a newborn daughter born on Christmas Eve. And it was so much happening that it was just, it was so confusing. You know, you had the training. I had the newborn. I was still doing the Army thing. I was still leading soldiers. And it was just so overwhelming. I said, you know what, I can't take this. And, you know, I tried to commit suicide. Of course, I overdosed on trazodone, because that's what they had me on at the time. And if anyone knows the system in the military and in the VA, they give you abundance of medications. They can care less if you have a year supply. Now they give you a whole 10 bottles of a whole year supply. So of course I took two whole bottles, you know, it was relatively <laughs> available. And, um, I was in a coma for, I think they said 15 days. And the reason they didn't do the charcoal thing is because I kept coming in and out and they didn't want me to choke. So, um, after that, you know, my wife, we went through my current, my first wife. We went through counseling, and she really didn't understand. So, of course, um, ended up getting divorced. So, and then um, to fast forward, um, what made me get remarried to the current wife I have now is um, my little brother, which is which is a marine, but he died in the line of duty. And I have two brothers. We all was in the service. So he died in the line of duty, and I was contacting an old friend that I knew. And, uh, she helped me through everything. And, you know, I was telling her what was going on and she was like, okay, she goes, no problem. And she really did help me through. And the goal was not to get into a relationship. I really didn't want another relationship, but, um, she pushed me and she says, Hey, you know, this is what you need to do. You know, this, that, and the third. And I was like, I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. It's no problem. I'll do it. And, you know, I just brush it off, you know? So, um, she was like, so you'd live by yourself. I said, yeah. So I I told her, I said, Hey, why don't you move up with me? You know, you know, I proposed to her, whatever. So she moved up with the two children. And um, there was a point um, where um, we had another relative live with us. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm a man, so I don't believe in taking care of another grown man. Okay. Mm -hmm. So another grown man just happened to, um, to interject and want to come into my home. So I felt threatened. So I put on my body armor and got my MK-1919 which is a semi-automatic shotgun. And I told him, I said, come back to the house. Hmm. So he didn't, but that was my peak. And after she called me down after two hours, she said, you know what? You need to go to the VA. And I got, went to the VA, um, did a 90-day inpatient um, thing. And she was there every other day to make sure that I was okay. And they're doing the thing they're supposed to do. So she told my my primary care physician. She says he wears a lot of masks, so he will tell you what you need to know just so he can get out of here. And that's what I did because I'm not broken, you know. <laughs> but um, when she did that, that really opened up my eyes. And she said, she says, look, she said I'm in I'm in it to win it. She said my main purpose is for you to be well. She said I don't care if it takes ten years, twenty years. I'm here for you through thick and thin. And uh, she got me motivated to do the nonprofits to help out other veterans, to help out the public. And it took a while, and that was from 2013 to present. And it took a while, but I can, I can truly say, you know, when you find the right person that's gonna be in it for the right reasons and to motivate you, that, that's a love that's that's not no, uh, no other. It really is. And um, I tell her that all the time. Now, granted, do I still have issues? Yeah. You know, but at least I can manage the issues and I can see them, and if she's there to say, "Hey, babe, pull it back a little bit, you know, get get regular, you know, get you know get get everything in order." And that's what it takes sometimes, and and you have to be open to say, "Okay, let me reflect. You're right." And you know, being deployed and coming back home, for me, because i I've, I've done it several times in my first marriage, and I've done it once in this marriage. It was like I'm gone for a year. I come back, I'm the king of the household. Well, no, she just ran the house off all year. No, you're not king enough with me. But I had to realize that. And it's like, everyone has a role. And then once I understood my role, not to be disrespectful for a man or a woman, but we all have a role in life, in a household, in anything, and in a job. So once you know your role, it makes it a lot easier. And it's not to diminish a person that stays at home, not to diminish a person that goes out to work every day, nine to five. It's just, we all have an equal role. It's 100-100, not 50-50. It really isn't
0: yeah no that's that's totally true man you hit you hit so many nails on the head with all that stuff and it's like i'm i'm experiencing that uh relationship for the first time and it's it's blissful it it totally it projects you um it helps you uh like want to be better like you you constantly want to strive and succeed and it's like you got the nonprofit like I know uh, mine, she has her business and we're we're going to get that back up and going again, you know, and I'm going to help her with it. I mean, I don't I don't know how to run a business, but I know how to run people, you know, right. like I know how to help people. And that's what I'm going to help her with is to get it back up because COVID hit her hard. She had it going. She was doing well. And then COVID swept her under her feet. And now it's like I'm just like, hey, let's get up. And now I'm going to help her get it Mm -hmm. back going again but like that's just because of how the the communication we have back and forward you know and and not to say that for people listening that you need to go out there and find someone to be with to help you push and get through life no it's not what we're saying it's just saying it's it's just it's nice to have that but Mm -hmm. you can you can easily do it by yourself yeah um it's it's just you learn you got to like you got to learn just to take care and love yourself before you can love someone else um and one of one of the things that stuck with me is uh you have a a cup, right? And you're constantly pouring to other cups, but if your cup's empty, how can you pour for someone else if if you don't have none? You know? Like if you're you or if you're asking me for 5 bucks and I don't have 5 bucks, how am I supposed to give you 5 bucks if I don't have 5 bucks? You know <laughs> right. like how? how? It doesn't work like that. So but then when you take care of yourself, you start filling your cup up you start filling your bank up then when now you can give to others because you can can do that yeah but that revolves around being self take care of yourself and then there's a line between self-care and then being self-absorbed there's a difference you know and and then that and that can it can easily blur into one or the other but that's why you have to learn the healthy boundaries of what is self-care and that's just doing stuff for you by yourself Mm -hmm. you know so that way you can learn about yourself because i had to relearn myself Shit, I'm still relearning about myself. Like, I think just a couple weeks ago, um, my fiance asked me what some things I like to do, and hell, I still don't even know what I like to do. Like, I don't, I don't, don't freaking know. I mean, I've learned some stuff. I mean, I used to like to play video games a lot, and that guy's, I kind of do a little bit. Not too much. I like to play the Call of Duty and Battlefield, but that kind of, like, phased off. I'll play it every now and then. I really like to read. Um, I like to read a lot of articles. Um, just to kind of learn, like I'll see something peeking about like the VA, or because I'm diabetic, I'll read. I just like to learn. I like to <laughs> learn, and I like to gain knowledge. Where yeah. if you would ask me that ten years ago, no, nope, I would have been like, "Hey, give me a joystick," you know? Yeah. Like I would. De- I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I like playing. Don't get me wrong. I, I like mm-hmm. to play every now and then on my phone with my son, or I'll play on the Xbox Live or watch him play. But like, I'm still, I'm still learning. Uh, I know I like to shoot guns. And I'm pretty good at it, <laughs> yeah. so I like to do that. But other between besides reading and like shooting guns, I don't I don't even really know. And that's what I'm saying for those guys and girls listening. And if you don't know, it's okay. It's okay yep. that you don't know. Look at me, I don't know. I'm talking to you right now from a podcast, and I don't even know half the time with the podcast. And just so people know, like I told Dom, I don't write questions down. I don't I don't pre-script questions because i like the questions to come organically like even mm-hmm. now there was a couple of questions i wrote that didn't come up because well they just didn't freaking come up i just thought of it at the time and it's it's, it's all like a learning process and it's just you, you're constantly learning and you're constantly growing so if you don't know what you you're doing that's okay but you got people like dom and freedom team inc you got people like mission 22 you got wounded warrior program project odyssey you got mm-hmm. uh, Catch a Lift Foundation. You uh, you got all these different organizations, and uh, Matthew's going to put me in touch of some of those people as well who run some of some other nonprofits, and they're going to come on here. So that way, just more resources, more resources yeah. for you veterans. And each week, I'm going to give y'all a different resource, a different mm-hmm. tool. If you're getting out of the military, if you need help with the VA, you know, like I got different people coming on, so that way I can provide as much exposure for people. As possible, and then I got now Dom here talking about his nonprofit, and that's that's cool. Like the farming, yeah, I actually farmed across the street at my, my fiance's parents' house. Dom I ain't never farmed a day in my life, but I was obsessed with putting lines in the dirt because, damn it, we did that at Fort Bragg, and you had to put lines in the dirt. If you didn't put lines in the dirt, you couldn't go home. <laughs> right. You know, so I was obsessed with putting lines in the damn dirt across the street. That's all, that was my thing. I was like, I will put the lines in the dirt, and I will rake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Learn how to plant and i was sitting there i was going all slow making sure there was no footprints nice lines in the ground and i look back and i'm like yeah i felt army again you know i was like yeah, yeah lines the dirt." you know like, yep, like
1: so, I did that." that's me
0: <laughs> yeah like i finished like i actually did one day i did the whole thing like i cleaned it up and raked it it was mm-hmm. raining which yeah, it felt really good and i was out there raking and stuff and it was all done and i was like well damn I did all of that stuff right there. I got pretty lines and rows and things, and the dirt's all looking dark because of the rain. And I was like, I should be the magazine right here, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> toot my own horn a little bit, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, I like what you're doing with that because it like, I learned that, that that was like another form of just like, and I think like with veterans, I think you just need something to focus on. Yeah. Because like, with that, like that, that had my like attention. Like, I wanted to make sure I did it right. And I, and I, you know, when we do something, we dive into it, and we mm-hmm. don't like to leave until it's done. Right. So, like, and and with the whole farming thing, like, are you talking about that um, that veteran who has like different types of farms? I think mm-hmm. that's pretty. Good. That that's good. I I think that's dope. I like a shooting one. I want to go to that one. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> he's got his own farm for shooting people. His own farm yeah. just to shoot guns. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want my own farm to shoot guns. But um, it's just I think we need something to 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 focus on our attention on because our brain is so driven to start a mission, complete a mission, start yes. a task, finish a task. It's not start a mission, start a mission, start a mission, finish one mission. No, because then now we got to finish all the missions. Yeah. But we have to relearn how to multitask again, because mm-hmm. they, it's almost like going to a, it's almost like experiencing culture shock to a sense, uh, because you go from one culture to another culture so you go from the military culture and structure where you know what you're doing to the minute every mm-hmm. day to civilian world not having any structure yeah you got a job 9 to 5 but what happens after 5 till 8 right. the next morning
1: there's no structure
0: <laughs> that's where that, that's where you the individual have to make that structure because no one's gonna make it for you like how the army did or the marines Mm -hmm. the navy the marine the air force even the coast guard too we'll throw we'll throw them in there they count you know oh yeah (laughs) they count you know they're they're cowboys riding submarines they they count so Mm -hmm. but uh, you have to create your own structure so if you got a job from nine to five what are you doing from five to ten five Mm -hmm. to eleven you know like if you say nothing do something like yeah do anything go to the gym uh, write a book. I, I'm, I'm going to start writing a book about stuff just, just to write one. Cause I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, do, do go to school, uh, draw. I actually draw on my tablet. I do like the drawing. Uh, I have a Samsung tablet and all of my phone is a Samsung also. And they have this app called pinup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is, this is another resource. Uh, it's called pinup. And what it does is they have this feature on there called learn to draw. So what it is, is you use the stylus pen and you hit play. Now the, the, the image comes up and it starts drawing on the pad. And when you hit pause, those markings are there for you to draw it. Mm-hmm. And the, the draw, the markings stop when you start drawing. So you let it draw. So it's almost like tracing. It's it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like tracing on steroids, basically. You okay. know, instead of having like the tracing paper over an image, except you have to do it. So like you, you let it go 10, 15 seconds and then you pause. And then you'll sit there. and Now you're trying to draw, and you're trying to. You can erase, you know. And and that that's what I like to do. I actually like to do that a lot. And I have some pretty neat pictures. I mean, I'm no Picasso or anything, but I mean, you know, you, it's what you get for government work over here. You get a government drawing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you get one of those. But um, it's just one of those things. So if you got if you have one of those phones or a tablet, do that. Do the drawing. Just do something to engage your mind. It's because it's the moments where you're not sitting there. And you and you and you sit there and stew into nothing. That's yep. where your brain starts to run and trail off, and that's where the suicide, ideation ide, 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 damn that word, tongue tied me. ideation? So, yeah, I don't even know how to say it. Ideation. ideations ideation. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna yeah. go with thoughts. Yeah, we're just gonna yeah. go easy. I tried to be all smart with the big word and it got tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> trying to throw my psychology out there, my from school, but that didn't work. Epic fail. <laughs> But see, like, and see this attitude right here is how I was a long time ago. But that took time to get yeah. there. Like, you wouldn't catch me in a handbasket two years ago doing this over here, stumbling over a word, like I, you know, like <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know, on on a live platform that's going to be out there for people to see. But you, it starts with self self working. You know, like just don't yeah. sit there, you know, pacing back and forward. And then if you include alcohol, that's going to make it even worse. Oh, yeah. um, I mean I don't drink. I mean I never really drank. All my drinking days were back in the early 20 in the early 2000s with my uh best friend uh Louis. We had some crazy times. I tried to climb a storm drain and pretend I was Spider-Man, like and then the storm drain <laughs> fell and I fell. <laughs> and everyone goes, "Oh, Spider-Man fell." And then I tried to do like the jump up thing and that didn't work and I fell forward. It was yeah. I did all that in my 20s, you know. Uh So, I I mean I just now it's like i don't need it but people it's not i'm not saying not to drink but just just no. don't have anything like that if you're in that place especially if you're going through stuff you probably shouldn't be even having any of it to begin with because yeah you may go do it socially but that social environment does have to end and then now you're Mm -hmm. stuck by yourself with a mind that's not thinking clearly and that's dangerous very dangerous it's very dangerous it's a very dangerous place you thought iraq or afghanistan was dangerous no being drunk with depression and anxiety and PTSD, that's a more dangerous con con um combination you got going on right there. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's just don't stew in that place because uh, it's just not healthy. And you got organizations like like Dom's here. Uh now for your organization, it's you said it across the country, right? It's not just with Pennsylvania, it's not just there. It's anyone can reach out to it,
1: right? yeah anyone can reach out to it. right now we we're in Pennsylvania we're in Maine and we're in um North Carolina right so right but now. we're we're looking to expand even more um but um it it's great you know and i encourage anyone to you, you know you can visit us at www.freedomteaminc.org um you know just click and we're on facebook as well just ask questions and we're here to right. answer the questions and you know freedom team just doesn't help out veterans. they also help out civilians as well because a lot of civilians are giving back to the veterans. So it's only fair to get to the civilians as well. So a lot of the, a lot of civilians um, that has like the farms and stuff, like we have one that's local right here in Chambersburg. She has a nice size um, garden that she does at home. And I, it's about a quarter acre. And, and she said, no problem. She said, I'll teach you. and she has been doing videos and everything for us. And she's a civilian and she's going to show us how to can and everything. So um she even told me you can can broccoli. I had no idea you can can broccoli. For real? Yeah, I was like, "Wow." <laughs> so she was like, yeah, she says, she says trust me. If you grow it, you can can it. So huh. um so soon April hits, she's going to um we're going to get right back into it and um she's going to do some canning stuff with us and you know, we're going to do live streaming and we're going to do some videos so people are that that's not here available can can see it live and do it. Um so and that's the one thing about technology. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's at your fingertips.
0: Yeah, you know you got it you really got
1: is. YouTube, you got StreamYard, you got it all. And imagine actually physically seeing someone garden on like a StreamYard for like forty five minutes. It's it's wonderful. Oh, you yeah. Know, so you don't have to be in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Maine. You can be anywhere. And like I tell people, if it's anywhere I can drive to, I will make sure I will set up set apart a weekend and I'll come out myself to it. Me and the wife will come out, load up. And show you how to do things and it's wonderful. You know, it's just it's just one of them things, you know. We, and like my wife say, and to, to one of your points earlier, like my wife, she, she gave me an analogy. She said, even when you're on an airplane, she said, What do they tell you? If the, if the cabin decompress put the mask on yourself first to help out someone else. So just like you said, Eric, you gotta help yourself first in order to help someone else. Right. And it's 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 wonderful. And and now we both, me and you both are at a point. That we can help someone else, we have our mask on. So now we're helping someone, right? You
0: know, yeah. And you know, that, and 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 that's a thought process that's easily skewed because we get so obsessed with wanting to help other people that we forget about ourselves. But yes. we're at the place now that we realize, no, I need to. It's even like if for the it's a perfect example. Um, In the military, you have a, a gas mask and you have an NBC suit. Before you can do anything, you got to put your gas mask on, not anyone else's. You have five Mm -hmm. seconds to put your gas mask on and and clear. That's it. Then you put your stuff on. Then you go help someone else. It's the same thing. So now when I shift the gears here to the civilians who like to watch, and I'm going to look at the camera when I do this, what are you doing for your veterans that live in your community? What are you doing for them? If you're doing something great, if not, why? doesn't require any money. doesn't require anything but just time or Mm -hmm. a simple – Thank you for your service if you see them at the store. Because that comment right there can just stop them from doing something dumb. Yeah. Because they're just in the grocery store. And they're not necessarily looking for it. You know, they wear their hat because it's their, it's their last leg of 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 pride, you know. Because mm-hmm. I have my hat. It says U.S. Army retired on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one that says uh, Army veteran. I have my hat that I wear every now and then. I don't wear it all the time, you know, just because sometimes I just don't want the attention. But yeah. I, I get it. I wear the hat and I, I get it. And, you know, and you you get it helps because it's just it's almost like a it's like a rewarding kind of a feeling of, you know, hey, you know what? Even when you think people don't care, that one person does. Yeah. So, like, I'm asking the, the civilians or even veterans, too, because I know I do it all the time. But if it's mainly for the civilians, if you see one today or in the future, just stop and say thanks. And then yeah. watch their body reaction when they do it, especially when they're caught off guard. Watch mm-hmm. their reaction and watch their face because now you just brought, you just shine some light on their day because yeah. it does for me every time, you know. And sometimes I honestly, like, I forget, I, I see the habit, I don't put it like, oh, I'm gonna go get fake today, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't do that. I honestly do it because it matches with what the hell I'm wearing, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a brown multicam hat that I wear with my brown pants. I have my black hat. Now, if I'm going to a veteran event, yes, I'm going to wear a hat that says that. And I got my dog with his service dog vest and then his patches and things on there. I do all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just go go tell someone things, really. like, And you, you'll see what, what shift that'll do. And you don't have to sit there and have a conversation with them if you don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, say things. And if a conversation happens organically, do it. You know, just have it because they they're trying to tell you something. They're they're trying to they're just trying to get stuff off their chest. And yeah. it actually happened a long time ago when I was miniature golfing with my fiance and my son. Some guy walked up, he saw um he saw me and with my dog because he has his vest on and stuff, and he was asking questions about my dog and noticed I was military. And you know, we talked for 15 minutes. It's just like that, 15 minutes. He was just asking mm-hmm. questions. He wanted to know. He was curious, you know was a curious person but that was just from my side but see now when you flip the sides that's something that can happen to you when you ask when you ask those questions civilians you know so take a second and, and do that and thank people because I promise you not only it's will you feel rewarded but so will they but uh, as we as we get close to wrap this up Dom what's um, you know I always for people watch I like to have the closing statement from yes. my, my guest so that way if nothing is heard or if you're just tone deaf or anything, stop, 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 stop. And listen to this closing statement. I had to say it loud so that way people actually stop and look what they're doing. So I had to make sure I get my command presence up in here. No. That's right. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, man. Let, give a closing statement for veterans and even some civilians, too, for, for them so that way they know.
1: Okay, my closing statement is this. Be mentally strong, physically strong, socially strong, and spiritually strong. I love you America,
0: man that's dope that's awesome that's legit that go. that's a that's damn right there that's perfect. Be strong in all those areas people that's right veteran veterans just know you're not alone um you're you're not alone at all uh and just to to broadcast it, I was telling Don before the show uh next month I'll have uh an ex prisoner of war Jessica Lynch. She's going to be coming on the show um, to talk, to also spread some resources and awareness, you know, to kind of caveat off of Dom, you know, just to kind of help. So she she's going to come on and spread some good words next month. And I'm going to, I look forward to be working with, with Dom here in the future and with Matthew and just kind of just uplift this whole community. So I want to thank everybody for coming on uh, and watching I know you got busy times, busy days. This will be uploaded on Anchor, uh, which is the the voice um, like podcast. So if you can't watch, you can listen. So it'll be on Anchor, Google, Spotify, all that stuff. It goes all up on there. Um, so, yeah, go check out Freedom Team Inc. on Facebook. Go to their website if you need anything. If you want to make a donation, they have that button there, too, because I didn't checked it out. Um, giving back, you know, give back to the veterans who, who gave for you. And uh yeah, that's really all I have. Um, but one more time. Say your thing one more time. Say your close day one more time because I wanna I wanna hit it with that one. I just had, I had that thought come to mind, but I want to hear it one more time. And it's it being told to me to say it, for you to say it again, so damn it. You have to say
1: it again so that because I don't think people heard it. So
0: you gotta say it again. Be all right, be mentally
1: strong, physically strong, socially strong, and spiritually strong.
0: Freaking ain't right. Thank you, everybody. Dom, appreciate it. I hope y'all have a great
1: day and take his message seriously, people. See ya.